in the NFC North, the 6-7 and seven Vikings at the 4-9 and nine Chicago Bears. Kickoff at 7-15. Westwood One coverage right here on The Zone. For all your foundation repair and waterproofing needs, visit USSTN.com. Breaking news at once on your home for the Titans and Vols. This is 104.5 The Zone. Blaine to Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Monday to you. Hopefully you are uh, out there and surviving. Boy, a lot of Titans talk today. Y'all are big mad. Big mad. People are mad. They're mad on the phone and social media. And I, well, they should be. People are mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm, I'm, I, my, my shirt turned red. Oh, I had to go to the grocery <laughs> store last night and pick up some groceries. People were mad at the grocery store. They're just mad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Titans have lost three of their last four. And in three of those games, the three that they lost, <laughs> they have zero takeaways and 13 giveaways. They've lost. And the one that they won was the game where they played. Blaine has a giant Hulk fist that he's yeah, holding a bottle of water this in. Is. It's been sitting here for a long time, but that that's how mad. You clenched your fist? Yeah, it did. I'll see this happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, and some people are mad at Tannehill, and other people are saying, how in the world could you blame Tannehill? And some people are mad at Downing, and other people are saying, how in the world could you blame Downing? Well, is everybody involved? And some people are, you know, everybody's mad about the turnovers. Let's just go there. Mm-hmm. You convert, they got to the Pittsburgh eight and four yard line and settled for field goals in the first half. Doomsday. Sound like something we've heard before with the Jets. Yep. Let's say that's 21 to nothing. You don't think the Steelers might have been a different? I, I know they play well in the fourth quarter, especially in the second half. That's a different game. They never even got twenty-one points the rest of the game. You had you had your opportunities. Uh, four turnovers, one in the first half, then three straight possessions in the second half. You had a turnover. The final one of the day was the fumbled snap by Tannehill. The defense held the Steelers to a field goal after three of those turnovers occurred in Titans territory. Another, I guess, was carried there after an interception. Uh, the Titans defense held them to field goals after. Well, good note, the Titans defense held them every time. They every sure single time. The only touchdown drive Pittsburgh had was the one with the weird calls. Yeah. The questionable pass interference on screen and the questionable unnecessary roughness on Fulton. And that was just outright straight cheating. That I mean, I was like, if they keep this up, this is absolutely horrible. And they can't do this. I mean, it was blatant in me. I mean, I, I didn't, yeah, the, the pass interference, I didn't agree The pass interference on screen, I still don't understand. Yeah, if they were arm fighting position. just a tiny bit, he was in, and he turned around. Yeah, it was a great, great play by screen. Man, I can tell you one thing. I did that 50 billion times and they never caught pass interference. <laughs> so, you told man. me you hit people's hands to take their stride to slow them and, down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit their arms. Yep. Yeah, hit their arm them. or hit their leg, and I want to disrupt their timing of their stride frequency so I could keep up yep. when you start running with these speed guys. Now, he was in the, he was in the red zone, so it was only so far they could go. Uh, so I think they were just more hand-fighting than anything else. Uh, not, you know, him trying to mess up his frequency and his stride. <laughs> so, Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that was – but that was clean. That's football. That yeah. happens all day. Even in the league now where they penalize the defense for looking at people, I, I don't think that was a penalty. The one on Big Jeff – we talked about this earlier. They're going to call that every time. It was great effort by Big Jeff, but hitting below the knees pretty hard. You can't do it. Tough one, but yes. It's it's tough. Big Jeff plays hard. He got blocked. That combination of things just it put him there. And, and the Fulton hit no. No. 
Nope, nope, nope. Uh, it, it was really Cunningham's hit to the ground and it oh, hit his head. Yeah. But man, maybe if they would have called it on Cunningham, but that was they knew that was clean. Everybody saw that. Yeah. That's what finished him. Uh, and there was unfortunately <laughs> it, was a, it was a tough hit. It was a legal hit, and a guy got injured. Yeah, that, that happens sometimes. Uh, people on the phone. Let's let's get Frank first because he wanted to talk about that Fulton penalty. Frank in White House will lead us off in the second oh, hour. Okay. Frank, uh, welcome to Blaine and Mickey in the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. How you doing? Good guys. Thanks. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Just wanted to give a shout out to Blaine Bishop, my favorite Titan. Ooh, ah, thank yes, yeah, so you. Yes, yeah. Good Oh, you got my check, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just in time for Christmas. Um, if you guys go back and you look at that call against um, Christian Fulton. Yes, sir. They showed a replay where you were looking at both face masks. Did they touch? And they, the helmets did collide. It was a ticky-tack foul. I'm, I mean, I played football my whole life. I've had my bail run so many times. It's not even funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you go by the, the rule of the game, they had to call it. But he's not defenseless, though, there. He's he's a runner with the yeah, ball. Still helmet to helmet. Yeah, helmet yeah. to helmet. I, I know. Yeah, they they can't. Wow. They probably barely kissed. And it was barely. I mean, it wasn't. His helmet barely even moved when they made contact. It it was so he fast made, though. He I he don't know if the referee on that boy. Yeah, he did. Ooh, I right, boy Phil Fulton, man. I mean, he gives me a little jacked up. He plays with a, some intensity that I, I really like. It's a, like a control rage type deal. He's he's aggressive. He's physical for a corner for a guy his size. Yep. Hey, oh man, his technique is man. We all know it's gotten a lot better this season. And uh, man, he's he's gonna be pretty good. Whoa, he took a huge jump in the second year. Sure did, and didn't even he, play that much it, last year. Right. He put in work, man. He put in work, and started inside last year, and only got to play outside at the end. Remember, just a drink of when, water when, at the end. Yeah, that's when he started showing little signs. He started. I was like, "Whoa, hey, I don't want to be inside. Look at me out here." Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. He good. was like, "Man, this is a lot going on in here in the preseason." Like, hey, yeah, this. Uh, yeah, I think he of- has uh, the repertoire now. There's a lot of things to learn in that slot, man. Yeah, you you really are the linebacker slash safety slash corner. And nickel, that that term is man. You're much more than that now, because everybody was running three wide. So you got to be out there to kind of do it all. Mm-hmm. And then in some schemes, you become a safety. You know whether you're disguising and you go half field. Like whoa, Whew. man, that can boy. Let's uh, stay at the phones here. RJ and Phoenix. Phoenix up next. Hey, RJ. Oh, in Phoenix. Hey, yeah, what's man. going on, fellas? Man, uh, happy holidays to y'all and anybody can, who can hear my voice. Uh, I want to piggyback off something y'all was talking about talking about earlier as far as the run game and keeping it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaches love cliches, and the oldest cliche I can remember is, if it ain't broke, don't fix, fix it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, the turning point of the game, man, I, this is when I knew we was going to lose the game. Uh-huh. Okay, it's fourth quarter, about eight minutes left. It's third down and two. I'm sitting talking to my partner. I said, Run the ball twice. Run it here yep. on third. Yeah. If we don't get it, run it again on fourth down. What do we do? We threw the ball. He, he got tipped and intercepted. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back, man. We was running it down their throat. I mean, first down, we was getting eight, nine yards. Mm, he yep. threw a pass on second. It was incomplete. And threw it again on third. You run the ball, man. So I think it's a little bit of uh, the play calling, a little bit of the line. The receivers are gone, man. No, The, the two things – 
as a quarterback that you rely on the most is your offensive line and the guys who catch the ball. So get up off Tanny, man. He's doing a great job. That's all I got. Thank you, RJ. Oh, that that's what I wanted to ask to the ding dong. All the people saying we need to get rid of Tanny Hill. They need to just stop <laughs> that right now. Stop. Now, do we need to start getting prepared and looking forward to the future here in a you know two or three years? Okay, but no, nah, no, nah, you can't. Tannehill's he's he's it's tough. I mean, we just saw the best ever Tom Brady struggle last night. Put a donut up zero versus the Saints. I'm not putting taking anything away from the Saints. Great defense. We saw them live and in action. Your boy Davis running the show. From Arkansas State, but Ooh, he, gave him a do- he gave him a donut. That is hard to do. I don't care if, if A.B., Evans, uh, Godwin, they still had capable people out there. What R.J. was talking about, uh, it was 13-13. to 13. Yeah, I remember. It was the start of the fourth quarter. Titans get the ball. It's 13-13. to 13. The Steelers made a field goal and tied it. So they're they're on a drive. On first and 10 at the Pittsburgh 49, Foreman runs for five more yards after having his ankle taped together again. Then he runs for two yards. Um, it's um, So he runs, runs for five, runs for two. So it's third and three at the Pittsburgh 42. So you're in Pittsburgh territory. That's what I said. Your defense Remember is I said it, it was the play calling at certain times. Yes. It was like, oh, no, we got to run this. Run it. Twice, like RJ said, he said two, three yards. There's three yards. If you're gonna throw, fake to the running back and throw to the fullback or whoever in the flat. I mean, just make this thing happen. Oh, and he threw the screen right. Yeah, he did. Tip to the other team. Yeah, tip ball. That happened, and they were having no luck on screens all day anyway. No, and you're running four point eight yards per carry. And you're in Pittsburgh. It makes my head swell just thinking about it. Let's get hey, you turn red one right more there, phone Mickey. call. My vein in my head. Uh, Chris in North Carolina. Thanks for your patience, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's good to talk to you guys. It's always an honor to get to talk to another great Greg Blaine. Thank you. So I got a um, thing that's been racking my brain. I really appreciate Coach Mike because uh, the way that he plays with rules. I uh, like to think outside of the box. And it's mm-hmm. been racking my brain thinking about the situation on fourth down. So we know that the referee spots the ball, backs away. Um, we had maybe three seconds before they blew the whistle and said, all right, dead ball, let's look at this again. My question is, so if we're running towards the line, and it probably takes five seconds to get lined up right and snap the ball, what if we're not lined up right and we just snap the ball and intentionally take an illegal procedure? Is that enough to stop the guy or the eye in the sky from initiating the Inside two minute instant replay. Mm. Ooh. Well, Coach uh, Mickey, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sure Vrabel was trying to find a way to do that. <laughs> I don't know. They may. Ooh, that's a tough one. Because if you get a penalty, I don't know if you can actually do it because you have to wait a certain amount of time before when they pull out of there to let you snap it. Yeah. So I don't know if they could have even got the snap off. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, we did have a caller who re- made a Tannehill or made a Trevor Lawrence joke earlier. Like, why didn't he throw to the guy in the end zone? Somebody tweeted our Blaine and Mickey account. Joseph, there's a fan that just ran on the field, ran right through the end zone during the middle of a play. <laughs> That's what he was. Hit. Guy in a Jags jersey just ran straight onto the field. Oh yeah, I think he really? had the hair too. I think <laughs> he, he had, had a wig Trevor on. Lawrence hair. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence oh, and jersey. it was bouncing and flowing. Right. Yeah, I did see that. Through the end zone, so that 
Sorry, buddy. That was a good joke. We sorry. We just I, I was paying no attention to the Jags yesterday. What do you got? I didn't know this happened, but the Titans, uh, you know, got on the Steelers logo. They, so they said they've been doing this every game. Uh, so I don't I don't know if that was true or not, but that kind of got out there. That the Titans players gather. They gather the on the other. Isn't that right, Lucas? That's what they do. They go to midfield before every game on the road. Get Well, I guess everywhere and even on the road. Because people keep saying my ding. Some guy gave a ding dong to the Titans um, for going to the Steelers logo. But we've seen them do that over and over again. It's just Remember that we did it to the Ravens in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. Meet the Re- Harbaugh and Vrabel were yelling at each other. Titans won that game. Then the Ravens came here and danced all over the fireball at the middle of the Titans field after beating them in a regular season game. Like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, the, the Titans players didn't get upset, did they? No, I'm sure they did. Oh, did but they? they lost. So, you know. oh, I'm, I'm just saying there was no. Did friction. you ever go jump on anybody's logo before a game? You going to give them anything to get mad about? I definitely did not do that. I, I, I would have been the leader of the team. Say when we punt the ball at the end of warmups, and it's at the end zone that we're at, that's where we should be gathering, not on anybody's logo. Yeah. I was a big proponent of uh, not giving any bulletin board material, anything to rise the other team up to make it to that level uh, because I know what that did to me. So, uh, yeah, so no, I would never do that. That's why I wasn't a big proponent of when Jeff Fisher said I was our home field when we played Jacksonville. Well, he wrote the check. Like, you had to cash it, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like people <laughs> writing my checks and then I, I, I got to cash it. Yeah, y'all had to cash I, it. I like, I like writing my own checks <laughs> and cashing my own checks. Hey, you may get some checks from East Tennessee. Uh, I know. I'm wishing you luck. I think, that's a good, I think that's a good gig for him. We I really see. do. Reports he got to interview over good, there. Good gig to come back into the flow. He'll be there a year or two and then go. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be gone. John Glennon coming up next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone, <clears throat> rolling through a Monday, processing our feelings. Titans lost to Pittsburgh Steelers 19-13 to in the Steel City yesterday. Let's try to continue to process our feelings. We're joined now by John Glennon, Sports Illustrated, covering the Titans at Glennon Sports on Twitter. Uh, Glennon, you covered what every one of these teams. I, I know it's the Christmas spirit, but have you ever seen 
a Titans team on a more generous streak of handing the other team the ball than what they're on right now. It's it's really incredible. And, and you know, you, you think, you know, you, you run into these games every now and then, usually, you know, it's a, it's a fluke here and a fluke there. But, boy, this has really become the, uh, the pattern, un- unfortunately, for the Titans. And it's really too bad because, you know, as strange as this might have sounded, you know, going into the season – the offense doesn't have to be doing a ton to win these games the way the defense is playing. Um, but they do have to do better than, uh, you know, giving the ball away four times a game and, and uh, you know, three and four times a game on a regular basis. Well, this has is, is brought people out of the woodwork to just spout every crazy thing. So we've got everything from, you know, fire Tannehill and cut him to uh, <laughs> you name it. So let me ask you, just let's put on our realism hats here for a second. If it's a mix, let's let's say that you got to find the right mix. Where do you fall in the right mix of, of of Tannehill versus his surrounding cast, and how to share the blame for? Literally, they've scored thirteen points in three of the last four games. They've lost every one of them and had four or more turnovers. Yeah, it's outrageous. Uh, you know, I, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Uh, honestly, um, you know. You look at the game yesterday, you know, the very first play, Julio Jones is open. He's, he's running deep, and, and Ryan Tannehill said after the game he saw him, would have loved to have thrown to him, but had no time. He was buried, and, and he was sacked. So, you know, then you look at Tannehill's passing yardage and, and the lack of touchdowns. Well, you know, was that necessarily Tannehill's fault? No, uh, not not completely his fault. And, and uh, you know, was it his fault that Nick Westbrook Aquina you know, couldn't bring in that long pass that there was a, a huge gain and, and, you know, potentially even a touchdown. Uh, no, probably not Tannehill's fault. I think uh, Nick Westbrook probably should have had that. So, um, you know, I, I guess the uh, if you're looking for any kind of silver lining in the in the turnover department yesterday, at least the running backs didn't fumble the ball. That was the issue, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago against the Patriots. So they've, they've made baby steps in that regard. But, uh they are right now, you know, 25 giveaways for the season, which is second only to the New York Jets. And, and that is not company you want to keep, really, in, in, in any category. John Glennon, our guest, uh, covers the Titans for SportsIllustrated.com. <laughs> well, J.G., I, I know you watch it, you know, the games from a media perspective, but how painful once the, the second half started there or in the fourth quarter was it when you were watching the Titans game saying, uh-oh, this doesn't look good. I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna win this game. Yeah, even before you know, they were I mean, down. Right, right. It, it just seemed like you know the the everything was going the Titans' way. You know the crowd had First nothing to, to to get into. They had nothing to cheer on. It was kind of dead. Uh, you know, in in Heinz Field, and then you know just three straight possessions, uh, three straight turnovers. I think it was what a, a span of ten plays three turnovers and you know again credit the the defense uh, you know they didn't give up any touchdowns after those mm-hmm. turnovers it was just three field goals and i think a total of two first downs maybe but yeah the the more the titans turned the ball over you know you could see that confidence and the excitement building in the steelers and, and building in the crowd as well and yeah they, you just got that idea that the way things were going, it was going to be very difficult for the uh, for the Titans to score any points, and sure enough, shut out in the second half, and then uh, you know still looking for a uh, for a victory. Am I being too critical here? They passed thirty two times 
and I think they ran 42 times for 201 yards. I've really felt like at times, especially there were in critical moments, they should have just kept running the football. What were your thoughts? Certainly had a, a ton of success, uh, you know, running the ball. And, and to me, that's kind of one of the interesting things that we have seen uh, as the season has progressed. You know, instead of falling off the map running game-wise after Derrick Henry, this has been, you know, still a very good uh, rushing team. You know, they they did run into some situations with, with penalties and with sacks that, you know, they got behind the sticks uh, at times and they had to uh, to throw the ball. But, uh, yeah, right now it's a situation where the more they can run, the, the better off they are because they're just having trouble, um, you know, passing the ball with anything more than kind of that, that dink and dunk strategy. They, they can't get the ball downfield. You know, either Tannehill doesn't have enough time or the the wide receivers aren't getting open, you know, and, and these are, you know, not, not the top flight receivers for the Titans either. So, yeah, the, the more they can run the ball right now with uh, with Foreman and company, certainly the uh, the better off they are. Mm. Where are you at with the Julio Jones? Bang a bust. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, just, I mean, is he going to have any pack during the regular season at all? Gosh, it, it certainly doesn't look like much, uh, you know, I mean, again, and it's always, you know, the hamstring, uh, and the hamstrings generally, you know, will take at least a couple of weeks uh, to recover from, so I, I would find it uh, extremely surprising to see him play, you know, Thursday on a, on a quick turnaround, and, you know, you even wonder about a, a couple of weeks, and you know, at, at at some point, yeah, you, you just wonder, uh, you know, is it worth it? You know, if if you get AJ Brown back, um, you know that that's certainly going to fill a a big void. And you know, do do you keep do you stick with Julio Jones even if he's out for three or four weeks? And and you, and you're looking at a playoff situation, or or do you try and get a uh, you know another warm body in there, another guy who can get gets passes, maybe a Golden Tate. Uh, um, mm. You know, I, I think that's a question that that has to be raised, especially now with uh, with Julio Jones injured again. Mm. Well, we saw uh, Zach Cunningham out there. It looked like he, you know, for the first game, uh, you know, he's. <laughs> I'm sure he made some mistakes along the way, but he still looked uh, pretty good out there. I, I would agree with you. You know, I, I was a little surprised to see yeah. the um, the starting inside guys be Cunningham and Rashawn Evans. Um, you know, I guess I thought if Cunningham was going to start, I thought it may, might be Cunningham and Jayon Brown, kind of two, you know, different skill sets in there. But, mm. you know, they were both Cunningham and, and Rashawn, I thought were pretty effective for the most part. You know, Cunningham winds up with uh, uh, team high, six tackles in there. And, and, you know, Mike Vrabel said today, you know, maybe there was a, you know, as, as you referenced, maybe a few mental slip ups, you know, that are, that are, you know, pretty understandable considering he's only had a few practices um, but you know he's a he's a pretty tough guy in the in the middle, um, and boy that that defense the Titans defense is getting so hard to run against right yeah. now. You know they're they're up to number two in the NFL against the run. I think they're just like a like a yard less than the Ravens in terms of you know mm. uh, yards given up on the run. Um, so boy the the defense is doing all kinds of things well. And and uh, again as strange as it sounds, you're saying if the offense could just be average. Uh, the Titans would be in pretty good shape right now. Man, did they look good? They were flying around like bumblebees out there. They, man, ooh, they look really good. We're on with uh, John Glennon from uh, SI.com. John, uh, what do you think the holdup is with Golden Tate? Hmm. I, you know, 
they they say certainly uh, you know okay it's maybe you know it's a guy who has to get in condition you know maybe it's you know it's a guy who has to to learn the offense but you know let's 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 be honest here it's been a month now since he was signed to the practice squad and, and a veteran guy like him uh you would think a that he's been able to pick it up at least enough of the offense that he could play and and b that he's in shape enough now to play so you know to me uh, you know when when the passing game is kind of gasping for for air as as it is right now i, I kind of ask the question can you afford to have both cody hollister and racy mcmath in there you know i know both those guys are, are good blockers and and both are good special teams players but can you do maybe without one in order to give golden tate at least a chance in there I mean, you know, it would be nice to see a pass completed, you know, more than 10 yards down the field uh, from from time to time. And and don't you at least have to give Golden Tate a chance if you signed him? I mean, you know, let's look back at Adrian Peterson. You know, nobody necessarily expected the world from him at at his age, uh, but at least they gave him that chance. Anyway, they they signed him and said, all right, get out there and show what you got. Don't you do that with with Golden Tate? Isn't there the the reason that you that you brought him aboard to practice squad anyway? Um, you know, as I say, I think if the if the if your your passing game is really struggling as it is right now, then you know maybe it's time to to give him at least a chance out there. Blaine has brought this up several times uh, with the timing of AJ Brown, and now others. I saw Dan uh, Graziano had had brought it up nationally. Why I think he's an ESPN guy, basically saying. The fact that it's a Thursday, it, it maybe it just doesn't ultimately give AJ Brown enough time, you know, that extra three or four days that would have given him a full another week. Uh, do you think he plays? Because it certainly doesn't seem to be trending that way. Yeah, I, I, you know, if I had to put money on it, I, I might shy away. I, again, I, I agree with you. I think if it's a Sunday game and and he gets those two or three full practices in. You know, maybe it's a different story, but obviously you got to remember he's been on on injured reserve uh, for you know for a month, and you can't practice obviously when you're on injured reserve. Yeah. So uh, it's it's tough to to throw a guy right back out there, and really on on you know maybe it's like a half practice, uh, you know, or or one full practice maybe, uh, and expect him uh, to to turn things around. You probably want to get a better look at him for one thing through through a couple of practices um yeah and it just seems like a kind of a forced job so i i would probably think aj brown you know is is a next game situation but uh but you never know we'll we'll see well i know they could use him uh john glennon our guest here at glennon sports on twitter si sports illustrated covering the tennessee titans yeah definitely jg you can't speed up an injury just because there's a game date moved up or it's earlier than normal but uh to my point is when do you think the turning point in this game was when the titans seem to have full control of this game you know i thought maybe the the biggest one of the biggest points i think was uh, and if i'm recalling my timeline correctly game is tied 13 13 um, you know, you're, you're still thinking the Titans have been outplaying them, you know, out, out possessing them. You know, I, you still kind of felt like things would work out for the Titans. And I believe, uh, if again, if I'm recalling my specifics correctly, that was when Tannehill threw the interception. Yeah. Um, you know, that 
set up Pittsburgh uh, deep in, in Titans territory and ultimately led to a field goal. And all of a sudden, the Titans are playing from behind for the first time all game and, and obviously uh, never came back. So, you know, you, you could pick out probably any of those three turnovers in that in that 10 play span. But uh, to me, that that might have been the, uh, uh, the the real big one, not not a backbreaker, not something that you couldn't come back from. But again, that sort of tilted things and, and gave Pittsburgh some life and, and kind of forced the Titans to play from behind. Well, mm. with uh, John Glenn from SI.com. And, and one more for me. I know there were a lot of questionable calls out there, uh, you know, but uh, what were your thoughts on the, on the Simmons uh, Big Ben call, you know, below the legs? I mean, was he blocked into him? I kind of want to agree with the referees. You just can't, you know, but he was crawling, giving great effort. I I, I didn't see it clearly. Yeah, I, I kind of lean towards that being a you know a, a decent call actually. Mm-hmm. I think there was some you know he he was certainly pushed in that direction, but still, you know, nine times out of ten, if if you if you hit the the quarterback in a diving tackling motion uh, below the knees, you're going to get called on that. So you know I, I think Jeffrey Simmons probably has to find a way not to you know, make the, make the play that he did even either come down on the side of, of big Ben. And it, and it's, I mean, it's so hard, you know, if you're a defensive lineman, you're looking for a sack, you're right there, you know, and, and you're doing everything you can. But to me that I, I would, uh, I'm kind of okay with that call. I, I was a little bit more questioning of the uh, really both calls on, on Christian Fulton during that, uh, the Steelers touchdown drive, um, you know, I, I thought it was kind of a shoulder-to-shoulder hit that they called the personal foul on. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think it was a, you know, particularly bad hit. And you know, the interference that that brought the ball down to the one, you know, I've seen far worse uh, let go, you know, by by officials either. So those are the two that kind of were more questionable to me. I thought. Mm, well, one more real quick. I, mean, I know Mickey's going to probably ask something about this game. What do you think is going to happen here in the Forty ers Are the Forty ers favored in this game already? Did Isn't I see crazy that? Sounding? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I, I was wow. surprised, and, and I know the Titans are struggling, and, and I know the 49ers are playing well, but you know it, it's here. It's at Nissan Stadium, and and you know the the Titans are are nine and five, and you and you would have thought there'd be a little bit more national respect out there, but apparently not. The the you know the betters are uh, given that uh, as of last night anyway, the 49ers were a three point favorite uh, starting out, so. Uh, you know, maybe that gives a little a little chip on the shoulder to the uh, to the Titans there, but um, yeah, it's a, you know it's a good 49ers team. Uh, you know, I think five wins in their last six games, and you know they beat the uh, beat the Bengals. Uh, I think they beat the uh, the Vikings, and and uh, you know maybe one other solid team in in that stretch, and a, a very physical team. And, and you know, it's also kind of scary too. Of course, is you know you got Nick Bosa and his and his what 15 sacks or so. Uh, going up against the Titans' offensive line that has been a little, a little shaky, uh, to say the mm. least, in uh, in pass protection. Mm. Well, with uh, John Glennon of SI dot com. Yeah, uh, JG, that was it. Was just going to bring up. Uh, I'm sure that Nick Bosa is literally having sugar plum fairies dance in his head, dreaming about going against his Titans' offensive line right now. I think mm. he's what tied for the league lead in uh, in quarterback hits over the last five games. Yeah, and again, it's a, a little bit of a, a you know a puzzle to me because they were I thought they were much better last year uh, in terms of pass protection. Um, 
you know, I thought David Quisenberry had an especially tough game uh, yesterday. Um, you know, if, if you look at the, not only but what your eyes saw, but then like the, the pro football focus numbers too, I think, you know, he wound up surrendering eight pressures and, and two sacks, um, and the Titans only gave up 16 pressures altogether. So he was responsible for, for half of them per, per PFF. Um, so, yeah, it's, they're, they're going to have to find a way to, to give him some help, uh, you know, whether that's a tight end chipping or, or running back chipping. Um, because I think the Titans, you know, are, are fortunate so far in that Tannehill has absorbed a lot of hits, a lot of sacks, and has continued to bounce back up, you know, and he's been very, very durable um, in, his, in his Titans tenure. But you just wonder, um, you know, the more times he gets hit and sacked, one of these times, you know, you, you wonder if he's going to be able to jump right back up again. So you're kind of crossing your fingers if you're the Titans right now. Well, we're always crossing our fingers, uh, hoping that you'll call us, JG. Always great to catch up with you. <laughs> At Glennon Sports on Twitter, anywhere you consume uh, Titans content on Sports Illustrated. Thank you, sir. Happy holidays, buddy. Appreciate okay, it, JG. same to you guys. Thanks so much. Thank yes, you. sir. John Glennon right there hitting us up. Uh, all right, we asked this question on Blaine and Mickey Twitter. What was the worst part of Sunday's loss? You have weighed in on this. We will share some of that uh, content with you when we return. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. How many nasty waiting rooms have you walked into while waiting on your vehicle repair? It's like you don't want to sit down or touch anything because there's grease all over the place. Well, at Eurofix, you'll find luxurious waiting rooms with all the internet connectivity and refreshments you need in a safe environment. And Eurofix fixes everything European with an ASE certified technician. And not all repair shops have ASE certified tech, so you better watch out and make sure that you get your vehicle repaired by an ASE certified tech. And Eurofix offers a nationwide three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on all repairs and a free loan of car with those repairs. And you'll like this. No surprises. No work is done without your approval. And Eurofix also offers a free 15-minute no-wrench inspection, and you can drop in with no appointment necessary. A former youth pastor and starting out with just $50 in tools, owner Aaron Stokes and his team have been repairing European vehicles Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So we asked this question earlier. What was it that was able to sabotage the Tennessee Titans on Sunday? Basically, uh, what was it? That was the thing, our director of content, Blaine Bishop. Because <laughs> we were talking about, we did the, the post-game show, and it was just one call after another. We got so many phone calls, and and people were kind of some people were talking about the officiating and some were talking about the play calling some were talking about Tannehill and others were talking about turnovers and there were so many things that that people said this is the worst thing about the game so of course 
He's topical. He's a director of content. That's just what Blaine does. <laughs> he came up with the poll question. So what was the worst part about Sunday's loss? I thought that was a good way to put it. What was the Because that could be interpreted different ways. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't say, well, who played the worst? It was just what was the worst thing about the loss? So this is what we put out. Turnovers slash uh, offensive play, which could have been Tannehill's play, the play of the receivers you pick. Uh, play calling which when I put this up, I put play cooling. I missed the A, but people were able to interpret <laughs> my... Uh, you had a typo. It's like I had three thumbs. Okay. Uh, Julio being not involved and hurt, which on a, a Twitter poll, you only have a certain amount of characters. It was Julio not involved slash hurt uh, and officiating. And I thought that was interesting that you chose to put that because there were people who were being mad at the officials last night mm-hmm. on some of our phone calls. We, I mean, we were we were here for a pretty good chunk of time and there were people who were big mad about the officials. Um, I The thing that got me the most, it wasn't the big Jeff deal. It was the unnecessary roughness, which we've talked about a lot on Fulton today. And we had a caller who said, guys, if you go back and watch it, basically their face masks hit. There was a little bit of contact helmet to helmet. Not much. But he said that that has to have been what it was. The inexplicable call on Buster screen though on the pass interference mm. uh and then there was another pass interference uh what on Fulton in the end zone he got two of the penalties on that drive yeah well, I thought they were just hand fighting there too as yes well. I did too I don't think any either one of those guys got an advantage from what was going on so and maybe that's the best way to judge it did somebody gain an advantage because on either one of those plays I didn't felt like it happened and I know it's a judgment call but holy cow I mean, it's the NFL they they let them you know a little more physical, you know, than most, you know, in, in, in college. So that happens as long as it's not a extended or egregious. I, I think got to see, let it play out. It is funny. You, you mentioned that in college and I'll get to these results in just a second. Lucas, I don't know if you saw this and Blaine, I don't know if you saw this. There was, maybe it was in the big 12, maybe it was in the big 12 championship game. There was a pass interference called, and whoever was doing the game, the announcer said they wouldn't call that in the SEC. No way. <laughs> they defended it. Yes, defend. And, and the and the guy was a color commentator. Was like, oh, no, I mean, you can't say that. Uh, those. And the guy's like, yes, yes, I can. Was the ESPN? Who has? Yeah, ESPN. Maybe ABC had had the Big Twelve title game. I wasn't watching. I was. I remember I was in the press box at Finley Stadium getting ready to do state championship football. So I cannot say I remember. So whoever it was said, "They're there. There's no way they're calling. It's so much more physical. They're not calling." I thought that was an amazing insight. And it's the same with the pros. It's like they're not calling that most of the time. Mm-hmm. Not hand fighting, especially running a route where it's no. It's no holding. Holding gets called. But guys chopping and, and punching and kind of jockeying. For, and I'm, I'm doing this. I'm showing you this radio. Now people yeah. on TV, they weren't holding. There was no advantage gain. That's why I just uh-huh. that kind of blew my mind. No one's stride even broke. They were going stride for stride. I mean, basically, to me, this is why I say those things is because if you're going to call that, then you can call a whole bunch of things. And every time the, <laughs> yeah. the ball is thrown, I mean, yes. man, people are, are touching each other. You know, so there's a line, and they get discretion to really make that judgment. So if I was a referee, which is a tough job, I would try to say who's really gaining advantage. If I feel like both guys are actually joshing for, you know, hand placement, everything else, so they can get an advantage, I think it's even. I'm going I'm to let, let it slide. They you have to, I'm really big on when the guy's going up for the ball, 
you can like you can do a, if I was refing, not unless it's real egregious and it's up high early. If you're going up for the ball and all of a sudden the guy grabs you or you know tries to hold you or you know does something to keep you from going up, then I'm a I'm a call it. But if it's you're pushing him and I'm pushing, I can't tell who who's pushing who. Then let's just keep this going all the way down while right. the ball's in the air. Yeah, well. That's kind of how I would play it. I mean, we're, we're, you know, it's a big boys league now. I mean, I mean, I mean you know, he, he's got to do something that kept you from trying to catch it or even the other way. Because every time I look at pass interference, sometimes I've seen some DBs go up for balls and they get their jersey grabbed because they saw the ball better than the receiver right. because they were in a bad position. And then they pull them and they never call it. And I'm like, well, the guy has to work both sides of this now. If they're, you know, the DB gained an advantage and then all of a sudden the receiver pulled him and kept him from intercepting the ball. Because you're not going to call, you know, some of them say, oh, I'm going to call passing. No, you're not going to call pass interference on the offense. You should just call, give a penalty. You should give a penalty. They don't do it. A lot of responses on this poll question. We'll give you these on the way out. What was the worst part of Sunday's loss? Uh, officiating just got another vote as we were sitting here. Nope. Uh, officiating was, was fourth place, 5.1%. Play calling gets 5.4, which somebody responded to that, uh, Tim, and said, how in the hell is play calling not getting more response? If we run the ball, we're up 21 to nothing at halftime, and we just continue running in the second half, we probably went 27 to nothing. It was third in this poll, though. I was reading his quote. Uh, that's why I said the H-E double hockey sticks word. Julio gets a 6.1% for being hurt and not involved. 83.4% say what I say. Turnovers. Did them yeah. in. Yeah. Can't turn it over, kids, but we do have to turn it over to 3HL now, though. That kind of turnover happens Mm. every day. Well, it's still a beautiful day outside on Monday, and guess what? Thursday will be here before you know it. (laughs) So after all of that being said, we'll let you guys go. But as always, from the Blaine and Mickey show, and including Lucas. Always. Yes. Peace. Peace.